We'll begin reading Genesis chapter 43, beginning of verse 1. Now the famine was severe in the land, and it came to pass, when they had eaten up the grain which they had brought from Egypt, that their father said to them, Go back, buy us a little more. So the brothers have returned back to Canaan, back to their father. But now that grain that they brought, they've run out. But Judah spoke to him, saying, The man solemnly warned us, saying, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. That is Benjamin. If you send our brother with us, we will go down and buy you food. But if you will not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, and of course the man being referred to is Joseph, but they didn't know that yet. You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. And Israel said, Why did you deal so wrongfully with me as to tell the man whether you had still another brother? But they said, The man asked us pointedly about ourselves and our family, saying, Is your father still alive? Have you another brother? And we told him according to these words, Could we possibly have known that he would say, Bring your brother down? Then Judah said to Israel, his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and you and also our little ones. They all had families at this time. I myself will be surety for him. From my hand you shall require him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. For if we had not lingered, surely by now we would have returned this second time. When you remember that Judah was the brother that had the idea, let's not kill Joseph, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. We read that back in Genesis 37 and, and verse 26. So this same Judah that sold Joseph out of hatred and jealousy, now we see him beginning to change a little bit, and now he's willing to protect this other favored son, Benjamin. He's come full circle and is willing to give his life to save his father's favorite son, the complete opposite of where he was with Joseph. Verse 11, And their father Israel said to them, If it must be so, then do this. Take some of the best fruits of the land in your vessels, and carry down a present for the man, a little balm and a little honey, spices and myrrh, pistachio nuts and almonds. Take double money in your hand and take back in your hand the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight. Remember the first time they came back, Joseph gave them their money back secretly, and they thought that that was probably a trap and that it was God's cursing them for what they had done to Joseph. Take your brother also and arise, go back to the man. And may God Almighty give you mercy before the man that he may release your brother. Simeon was still being held as an assurance that they would come back. So Simeon was in prison back in Egypt. He says that your brother would be saved and also Benjamin. If I am bereaved, I am bereaved. Uh, Jacob... It's kind of the old saying that uh, we should never say, but that many people do, many of God's people. When all else fails, trust God. And that's kind of where Jacob was. He was between a rock and a hard place. 
And he says, okay, if you got to go, go, and we'll trust God to protect you. Well, he should have started out there in the first place. And Jacob's still learning the, the path of faith. It, it's a lifelong process. It, it is for him and it is for us. He calls on the mercy of God for the survival both of his sons as well as himself. Verse 15. So the men took that present and Benjamin, and they took double money in their land and arose and went down to Egypt, and they stood before Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the steward of his house, Take these men to my home and slaughter an animal and make ready, for these men will dine with me at noon. Then the man did as Joseph ordered, and the man brought the men into Joseph's house. Now the men were afraid because they were brought into Joseph's house, and they said, It is because of the money which was returned in our sacks the first time that we are brought in, so that he may take a case against us and seize us, to take us as slaves with our donkeys. And when they drew near to the steward of Joseph's house, they talked with him at the door of the house. So now these brothers are talking to Joseph's servant. They say, O sir, we indeed came down the first time to buy food. But it happened when we came to the encampment that we opened our sacks, and there each man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full weight. So we have brought it back in our hand. And we have brought down other money in our hands to buy food. We do not know who put our money in our sacks. This is what the servant says. Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them who had been in prison while the brothers, until the brothers came back. Clearly, Joseph had taught his servant about the God of Abraham, and there's no question about which God the servant is talking about. When he said, your God, he could have meant any old idol, but he said, the God of your father. He knew who Jehovah was. And once again, we see Joseph's faithfulness to witness to everyone he comes in contact with about Jehovah and the greatness of his God. Another testimony for us to understand why God puts us in the situations he puts us. It's that we might be a testimony to others. And Joseph, whether he was talking to Pharaoh or whether he was talking to a slave, he told them the same about the greatness of his God. And verse 24, So the man brought the man into Joseph's house and gave them water, and they washed their feet, and he gave their donkeys feed. Then they made the present ready for Joseph's coming at noon, for they heard that he would eat bread there. And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present which was in their hand into the house and bowed down before him to the earth. What happened here? God is fulfilling his word to Joseph through those dreams. The vision is complete. The eleven brothers are all bowing, and they were Jacob's ambassadors, his representative of the entire family. And so as God had revealed in Joseph's dream, the entire family is bowing down to Joseph. God's word will always be fulfilled. Usually not how we think, and probably not even how we want at first. But God is faithful to his word. We need to trust him in every situation. 
Remember back all the experiences that Joseph had to get to this place, all the the horrific experiences that Joseph had. They were all preparations for this very moment, for the fulfillment of God's word. This is what it means to live by faith, not to live according to your emotions or be directed by your circumstance, but by knowing what the will of God is for your life. Verse 27. Then he asked them about their well-being and said, Is your father well, the old man of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? And they answered, Your servant, our father, is in good health. He's still alive. And they bowed their heads down and prostrated themselves. Then he lifted his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom you spoke to me? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. Now his heart yearned for his brother. So Joseph made haste and sought somewhere to weep. And he went into his chamber and wept there. Again, we see the tender heart of Joseph. He wanted to reveal himself to his brothers, but he knew that it wasn't time. He knew that they had, that God was still doing a work in them before they could fully understand what God had done and what he is doing and why he did it. And so Joseph continues to hide himself, his identity, from his brothers. And we see his loving patience to do what is best for the family. If it was for Joseph, he would have revealed himself already, especially to his his younger brother Benjamin. But it wasn't God's time, and it wasn't best for the family. So he did what was right for them. Verse 31, Then he washed his face and came out, and he restrained himself, and said, Serve the bread. So they set him a place by himself and them by themselves and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves because the Egyptians could not eat food with the Hebrews for that was an abomination to the Egyptians. And they sat before him the firstborn according to his birthright and the youngest according to his youth and the men looked in astonishment at one another. So there was assigned seating here. And Joseph is the one that assigned the the seating. And he put them in their birth order around the table. And they looked at one another. How could this possibly be a coincidence? Joseph kept directing his brother's thoughts toward the providence and the wisdom of God. It wasn't a coincidence. He was making them see God's hand in all that was going on. Their correct birth orders, their seating arrangement could not possibly have been known by this Egyptian. They still thought Joseph was an Egyptian. He was speaking to them through an interpreter. They, they still didn't know him. Verse 34. Then he took servings to them from before him. But Benjamin's serving was five times as much as any of theirs. So they drank and were merry with him. Joseph is still putting them to the test. Benjamin was his only full brother. He was clearly a favorite of his father, just as Joseph was. And Joseph wanted to see if they had truly repented of their jealousy and their hatred of Rachel's children. They seemed to demonstrate that they didn't want to make the same mistake with Benjamin that they had made with Joseph. In chapter 44, one last test, beginning at verse 1. Genesis 44 and verse 1. And he commanded the steward of his house, saying, Fill the men's sacks, with food as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack. 
Also put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest and his grain money. So he did, according to the word that Joseph had spoken. As soon as the morning dawned, the men were sent away, they and their donkeys. And when they had gone out of the city and were not yet far off, Joseph said to his steward, Get up, follow the men, and when you overtake them, say to them, Why have you repaid evil for good? Is not this the one from which my Lord drinks? and with which he indeed practices divination? You have done evil in so doing. So he overtook them, and he spoke to them these same words, and they said to him, Why does my Lord say these words? Far be it from us that your servants should do such a thing. Look, we brought back to you from the land of Canaan the money which we found in the mouth of our sacks. How then could we steal silver or gold from your Lord's house? With whomever your servants it is found, let him die, and we also will be my Lord's slaves. And he said, Now also let it be according to your words, He with whom it is found shall be my slave, and you shall be blameless. Then each man speedily let down his, his sack to the ground, and each opened his sack. So he searched. He began with the oldest and left off with the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Then they tore their clothes, and each each man loaded his donkey and returned to the city. So Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, and he was still there, and they fell before him on the ground. And Joseph said to them, What deed is this you have done? Did you not know that such a man as I can certainly practice divination? Then Judah said, What shall we say to my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God has found out the iniquity of your servants. Finally, Judah calls what they did to Joseph what God calls it. Iniquity. Sin. He says, Here we are, my Lord's slaves, both we and he also with whom the cup was found. But he said, Far be it from me that I should should do so. The man in whose hand the cup was found, he shall be my slave. As as for you, go up in peace to your father. Then Judah came near to him and said, O my Lord, please let your servant speak a word in my Lord's hearing, and do not let your anger burn against your servant, for you are even like Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servants, saying, Have you a father or a brother? And we said to my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a child of his old age who is young. His brother is dead. Judah and his brothers probably truly believed Joseph was dead, not believing that such a young, tender young man could survive the torments of slavery. They probably thought he really was dead. By this time, about 22 years have passed. And he alone is left of his mother's children, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, Bring him down to me, that I may set my eyes on him. And we said to my Lord, The lad cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. But you said to your servants, Unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you shall see my face no more. So it was. When we went up to your servant, my father that we told him the words of my Lord, and our father said, Go back and buy us a little food. But we said, We cannot go down if our youngest brother is with us. 
Then we will go down, for we may not see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then your servant, my father, said to us, You know that my wife bore me two sons, his favorite wife. And the one went out from me, and I said, Surely he is torn in pieces, and I have not seen him since. Talking about Joseph. That's what he was told by Joseph's brothers. But if you take this one also from me, and calamity befalls him, you shall bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. Now therefore, when I come to your servant my father, and the lad is not with us, since his life is bound up in the lad's life, it will happen when he sees that the lad is not with us, that he will die. So your servants will bring down the gray hair of your servant our father with sorrow to the grave. For your servant became surety for the lad to my father, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then I shall bear the blame before my father forever. Now, therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the lad as a slave to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brothers. For how shall I go up to my father if the lad is not with me, lest perhaps I see the evil that would come upon my father? Because of Joseph's wise handling of his brothers, Judah has made a complete turnaround. Twenty-two years ago, he sold Joseph gave no thought to how it would affect his father, knowing that his father loved Joseph. But now Judah is willing to lay down his life to protect his father and to protect his half-brother, Benjamin. This is the work of God's grace. These were evil men. But because of Joseph's wisdom and his willingness to restrain himself, to not deal with it according to his emotions, but to deal with it according to the plan of God, we see that God did a work in Judah, in all of his brothers. And now they are in a place where God can bless them. We're going to have to stop there tonight before we get to the really good part. And then after we read chapter 45, we'll, we'll look at the New Testament perspective of how Joseph dealt with his brothers and how that we have very clear and specific teaching in dealing with our brothers and sisters in Christ when they have also sinned against God and have sinned against their brothers, which happens among Christians. But we have some very clear teaching and the same attitudes and the same willingness for God's will to be done and for God to do a work in those that have fallen. Those virtues that we see in Joseph, those are the very same virtues that God is looking for in us today. And so we'll consider Consider chapter 45, Lord willing, next week.